Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, we've heard quite a bit about the baby formula shortage. There's more on that, David. Yeah, well, it's it's still going on, and it's actually getting worse for now. Um, and hopefully the production that's ramped up in the last couple of weeks will make it to store shelves very soon. But there's a bigger story here about government inefficiency, about the FDA, about tariffs on imports, about banning some imports of baby formula, you know, in a normal world, in a normal uh, or in basically any other part of the economy, if you had something like this that was so prevalent in the consumer market, if there was a shortage of one brand or one type, another Mm -hmm. company would be able to come in and pick up the slack for the most part. But because of the regulations and the tight regulation on baby formula, that's just not feasible right now. I mean, the Abbott Laboratories facility that got shut down uh, because of tainted formula that was going out, and it killed uh, five infants, I believe. Um, Because of that one facility being shut down, a lot of the, or most of the specialized formula is delayed or completely out. Well, maybe if the baby formula lobby was bigger and could line the pockets of Congress people, maybe we could get something done quicker. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, $40 billion package for Ukraine. They slapped that together in a week or so, and then out of nowhere, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, they put that together very quickly for Ukraine, but, you know, you have this shortage brewing of baby formula, and Congress isn't getting around to hearings with the FDA until two weeks from now. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unfreaking believable. And because Rand Paul blocked the immediate passage of a $40 billion aid package to Ukraine, he's supposed to be the bad guy. They need us now. <laughs> there are infants on the brink of starvation uh, in this country, and we're kind of like going to get around to it at the end of this month, maybe. I don't know. But here is what Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, had to say, because, you know, it's always our fault if something's going bad. Not saying it's company's fault. It's not society's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. It's parents' fault for buying too much baby formula. My gosh. What we are seeing, which is an enormous problem, is hoarding. Uh, People hoarding because they're fearful. Uh, That is one element of it. And people hoarding because they are trying to profit off of fearful parents. So that is also something we're focused on, uh, taking efforts to track and adjust uh, and address and, and look into. Yeah, you nitwit. Naturally, people are hoarding. They're going in whenever it's available and buying as much as they can because they don't know if they'll ever get a chance to again, you dunce. The other part, you're acting like hoarding's the problem. Which it isn't, but I'm just saying I don't blame people for doing it if that's what, in fact, they are no, doing. You got a kid, you're like, yeah, i got to make sure my kid is fed. And they're saying, well, the hoarding is wrong. No, hoarding happens when people hear there's a shortage. 
I mean, this whether is, they're selling it on eBay, this is Venezuelan stuff for their man. own kids. That's why hoarding happens. Freaking third world country nonsense. Come into the shop with a dirt floor. I mean, this is amazing. Yes. But again, they get it all wrong. Do something about the problem. Always looking to blame somebody else. Well, you know, the president's laser focused. On what? On the problem. <laughs> Great. What does that mean? That means he's laser focused. Okay. All right. But we're not going to meet about it for two weeks. No. Okay. We got time. No, it's it's infuriating. And again, go to the root cause. You're great about root causes, right? About yeah. why this happened to begin with. And not what happens after there's a shortage, which is hoarding, crying out loud. Let's put mama on this one. Let's not no. okay. kidding. No, because something actually needs to get done about it. That's true. Um, the White House also got caught in another lie. Yeah. Uh, how This is so simple. I, I don't understand it, David. Yeah, well, it, again, things make a lot more sense if you start with the premise that these are bad people. I keep trying to do that. I'm. It's going to take uh, a little bit of time. But if I would have saw this story, knowing that ahead of time, I would just look at it and say, well, yeah, that's what they do. They lie because they're yeah. bad people. Yeah, the White House, official White House Twitter account, you know, when we're talking about disinformation and whatnot, actually took part in disinformation. They said, when President Biden took office, millions were unemployed and there was no vaccine available. What? There was a vaccine available. Of course there was. Joe Biden got his first shot in December of 2020. Yes, and celebrated it. Thank the scientists. I guess they forgot. Wow. And then it was called out. So I don't know who is responsible for putting that out there. Is that Ron Klain, chief of staff? Is that Saki on her way out? Is that the new White House press secretary? Yeah, I mean, they got they probably do have just a social media comms team that puts that out there. But somebody higher up has to approve it before it just goes out to the world. One I mean, that's hope, a simple right? one. That's easily debunked. Sometimes you're like, okay, are these just bad people or are they terrible at their job? It seems like a wicked combination of the two. It's actually both, yeah. It's what it seems like. Trying to paint their own reality. Uh, And hopefully you'll believe it. Well, the war on reality. Yeah, it's it's still going on. It's being waged every day. Yes. Maybe you saw the news that Elon Musk has put the Twitter takeover at least on hold for now. Over some questions about fake accounts and how many fake accounts there are. Because you knew there were a lot of bots. And that's one of the things Elon Musk said he wanted to take care of. Buying Twitter, basically. So the other part of this that makes it interesting, the timing of it. I mean, you've seen uh, stock market take massive hits over the last couple of days. Tech stocks. Yeah. And the value of Twitter uh, went down, what, 18%? Some number like that. And after Musk mentioned what he mentioned, Mm -hmm. it started to dip more. And then he was back to say, I'm still wanting to see this through. I'm going to go ahead and see the purchase through, but I'm just going to put this on hold for a little while uh, while we see if it's really just 5% of all of Twitter is fake accounts and bots. Do you suppose that number's right? Oh, hell no. That number's not right. The other question is, and, and one of my assumptions is, aside from the value of Twitter and a lot of other tech stocks just taking a complete dump on the market this week, um... The other thing I was wondering is there's a lot of pressure right now on the feds to stop this from happening. 
because it's a revolving door between big tech and the federal government, especially when Democrats are in charge. So believe it here. So the question is, okay, is he basically saying there may be a moment down the road where the FTC and the SEC get involved and prevent the sale of this? Uh, So I'm going to use this as an insurance policy to try to publicly tease out as much as possible as what's going on behind the scenes of Twitter. It could be a lot of things, but I do wonder that because let's say for a second that it is 5% of Twitter users are bots. Come on, that's a joke. If you're on Twitter, you know that's a joke. But the real question is not about the overall percentage. The real question is how active are those bots? How much of everyday Twitter, everyday posting do they make up? Because that's what influences opinion. Because you think about it, a small minority of people on that social media platform actually post every single day. True. And so if this 5% is responsible for, and I'm just tossing out a number here, if they're Mm -hmm. responsible for 30% or 25% of the content or boosting 25% of the content, well, that's a big freaking deal because then it shows that the interactions that Twitter is boasting about to shareholders is based on a complete lie. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, we could go deep in the weeds on this. I'll just say when you look at, say, the big topic over the week has been abortion, right, Roe v. Wade, Mm -hmm. and how many pro-choice arguments have been presented by legacy media as opposed to pro-life, it's like 10 to 1 when the math is all said and done. Okay, well, obviously, legacy media can control that because they control what they're going to put out there in their, quote, newscasts. How does big tech do it? To your point, a lot of times with bots, and then it's the algorithms. Yeah. That's the other thing that Musk wants to take care of is being very honest about the algorithms and what gets the most play and the most right. views. And, you know, David has said many times that the newsrooms now just follow Twitter. Yeah, that's all they do. That so again, back to the original theory: if it's if it's five percent of the people, you know, creating thirty five percent of the content, well, and for, the, the major news organizations are chasing it. Well, and this is, I guess, sort of newsroom speak. I, I think I don't know how much this is common knowledge. In a lot of newsrooms across America, there's tweet deck. Oh yeah, and to yeah. your point, it's just following Twitter and making stories from Twitter. It's not like old-fashioned reporting like you think it might be. Those days are gone. Um, Speaking of legacy media, you had a story about CNN, David. Yeah, well, a week after CNN Plus shut down, remember they they launched it at the end of March and they closed it less than a month later because nobody wanted it. Nobody was downloading it, and there was a new purchase of CNN, (laughs) and so they just said, okay, we're pulling the plug on CNN Plus, this digital subscription You know, it's hilarious that they thought that was going to work. Anyway, it collapses. Well, less than a week after the streaming service closed up shop, yeah, laid off employees, got a welcome package from the network filled with branded gifts and notes about how the future is bright. Oh, my goodness. You mean they ordered this yeah. saying, hey, we're all part of this team, and they couldn't cancel the order? Yeah, yeah like a like a big bin full of, uh, they, from the desk of Chris Cuomo notepads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, CNN can't even figure out how to fail properly. No, they oh can't. Oh, my goodness. Right. So the what went to their homes? 
Yeah, go, get sent out, and you, you, you get a package in the mail, and you're like, well, geez, okay, you take a break from looking for a new job, and you open up this thing, and you've got gear branded with CNN Plus logos, you got pens, headphones, food containers, popcorn makers. Um, some of the packages also came with welcome notes, one of which read, this is an incredible time to be part of CNN. <laughs> the future is so bright. I can't wait. For all the victories, we will celebrate together in the future. Chris Wallace bobbleheads. <laughs> this is really cool. Here's a case of new Coke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. All right. Yes, FBI. The FBI tracked parents opposed to COVID policies. The evidence and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. This will make you angry. Uh, go ahead, David. The FBI. Yeah, well, whistleblowers from the FBI have said they have used anti-terrorism tools to investigate parents who criticize school boards. Remember this? Uh, Eric- oh, yeah. So uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland denied that the FBI would do this, but he did send out a memo about opening up such investigations into parents who caused a scene at a school board meeting because they were upset over mask mandates, over COVID protocols, over school closures, over critical race theory, whatever it may be. Um, While the FBI's counterterrorism division created a threat tag to track investigations into parents who spoke at school board meetings. By October, the FBI's counterterrorism division and criminal division announced the, the creation of this threat tag, EDU officials, and told all FBI personnel to apply it to school board-related threats. Uh, the FBI has actually opened investigations in several regions of this country with that threat tag. And that doesn't just involve monitoring. That involves actual sit-down interviews with people who showed up to school board meetings. Wow. So in one case, uh, there was a mom who told school board members, we are coming for you. And the context of that was about an upcoming election. Voting them out. But because she belonged to a right-wing moms group, Moms for Liberty, and because she was a gun owner, the FBI actually interviewed her, according to this whistleblower (laughs) complaint. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Instead of a left-wing mom who has a gun illegally. Right. <laughs> They're fine. No worries there. But this way, we've determined is right-wing, and she's a legal gun owner. Uh-oh. Kook. Better investigator. Wow. Garland said they would never do that. Didn't he at one time say he couldn't imagine calling parents terrorists? Yeah. Something to that degree. I think we have a clip of that. I can't imagine any circumstance in which the Patriot Act would be used in the circumstances uh, of parents complaining about their children, nor can I imagine a circumstance where they would be labeled as domestic terrorism. I can't imagine. <laughs> but you're going to run them down, right? I mean, what what exactly does the Department of Justice do outside of try to what? <laughs> Outside of trying to make up kidnapping plots involving governors. 
uh, outside of ignoring, I don't know, guys like Larry Nasser abusing young girls for years and years and years, ignoring actual terror threats, talking about the Pulse nightclub shooting. Yes. No. And then going after parents because it doesn't line up with your own. Guy plows his truck through a bunch of people watching a Christmas parade. Oh, yeah, and you never hear anything about no. it again. No. no, but these parents, they're getting in the way of indoctrinating the kids. Black nationalist shoots up a subway train. Nah. That story's gone. Gone. Think about that for a second when you bring that up. Yeah. Because honestly, all week with everything else going on, I haven't thought of that story. But imagine if that person's politics were different. And the race of the person doing the shooting was different. Dude, we all know. Yeah. That story would never have gone away. Well, what happened to the Nation of Islam follower who killed a D.C. uh, Capitol police officer? Rammed a barricade outside the U.S. Capitol. Well, yeah. No one knows that guy's name. Isolated incident. Right. Okay, no big deal. I can't take Garland. they're all the same to me. The only thing I wish, the only thing I really wish here is that sometimes that this show is more than just radio, that you could actually see you as you impersonate Merrick Garland, because that in and of itself is a showstopper. I don't know what it looks like. I'm sure it's goofy. The head is vibrating. The neck is vibrating. Well, you got to get the shaky of the voice, because it doesn't yeah, sound well, like he's confident in anything. In which the Patriot Act would be used in the circumstances uh, of parents complaining about their children. <laughs> Gosh, man. Thank God that guy's not on the Supreme Court. No kidding. Yes. I saw this. This was just, you know, your typical celebrity news. No big deal. But I wanted to bring it up because this is just funny to me. Adele, she got a lot of money. She bought Sylvester Stallone's house for $58 million. Whoa. Okay. And the biggest part of the story, this interesting perk they got this massing, massive swimming pool, right? I think it's one of those infinity pools. At the end of it is this big statue of Rocky with his arms raised like in victory. Like, that's incredible. Sylvester Stallone thought, you know, what I want to look at when I'm in the infinity pool is not just, you know, the expanse that I can see. But I need Rocky in this bronze statue. I don't know if she's going to keep it there. How do you take it out? Oh, you can't. Oh, you got to yeah. leave it there. Yeah, that's I think a conversation that's part, that's starter. Part of the uh, the agreement when you bought the house, it's got to stay. Wow. Yeah, this place, dude, it's got a gym, a sauna, steam room, uh, like I said, infinity pool, cigar room, screening room, bar, art studio, two-story guest house. Dang. Is there one of Mick in the cigar room? I thought Black Lives Matter was going to buy it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. Crack pipe stimulus. A conspiracy theory? Really? That much more coming up. so much for being here the markley van camp and robin show i'm jamie markley i'm the gen xer the millennial is david van camp and the sexy boomer is scott robbins okay crack pipe stimulus conspiracy theory can we get to the bottom of this please 
Well, well, somebody already did. That's, yeah, they that's did. That's the point. Uh, I know. So a couple months ago, Biden announced a new grant program uh, to fund so-called harm reduction efforts for drug addicts. This means free needles, free crack pipes. Uh, the White House and their lackeys in the media said, well, they, they, nobody's, nobody's funding crack pipes. Come on, nobody's doing that. So the Washington Free Beacon actually went to some of the organizations that would be in line for this grant funding, and, yeah, they're providing crack pipes. Okay. I would just note that this is a bit of a conspiracy theory that's been spread out there. It's not accurate. There's important drug treatment uh, programs for people who have been suffering from what we've seen as an epidemic across the country, and money is not used for crack pipes. Yep, but it is. If they tell you uh, this is a conspiracy theory, there's nothing to this, it's wrong, no. more often than not, believe the opposite. Yes. Uh, I mean, in the, when they call something a conspiracy theory, substitute conspiracy theory for spoiler alert. Yes. Critical race theory is not being taught in school. They'll tap dance around this somehow by saying, well, they're not crack pipes. They're, they're used for smoking cocaine pipes. <laughs> like the CRT, right? <laughs> right, exactly. They're, yeah. they're actually just glass smoking utensils. <laughs> that's it. Right. Thank you. Yeah. What you smoke in them, I, that's, that's up, up to, to you. you. But, I, you know, I, we can't stop that. But that's they're not crack pipes, no. There's nothing about gender studies in kindergarten, okay? Right. That's a conspiracy. Well, no, it's actually true. We would not track parents that complain at school board meetings. Mm. Conspiracy theory. Oh, you did. But it's true. Mm-hmm. We don't take our talking points from the teachers' union when it comes to mass and kids back in school. Oh, yes, you do. Now, how long do we have? We could just keep going on down the list. We can't mandate COVID vaccines. Oh, my gosh, man. That's one of my favorites. That's an all-timer. Because people were afraid of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, rightfully so, because that's exactly what they did. We would never do that. Never. Who said we would do that? We've never done that. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. That's <laughs> until right, you did. That's right. Saki? Can we mandate vaccines across the country? No, that's not a role wow. that the federal government, I think, even has the power to make. We just gave six examples right there. How about you, Pelosi? You in? We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. Okay. All right. Moving on, David. I know we got to get to other stories. Oh, yeah. There was a Reuters reporter that was fired for what? Oh, for questioning Black Lives Matter and what? the gospel of Black Lives Matter. This is a former Reuter, uh, Reuters data reporter <clears throat> named Zach Kriegman. Uh, he just wrote a post published by Barry Weiss uh, detailing what exactly happened. So he talks about, like, in 2020, when, after George Floyd was killed, uh, a lot of the reporters, people who were supposed to be delivering you information about what was going on in the world and how it affects your life, right, were sharing all sorts of stuff about, you know, racial justice, about how we need to deconstruct whiteness, and all of this, all this stuff that we all have heard and we know, right? Right. Um, well, he wrote a post about digging into the data because, well, he had come to the conclusion that the claim upon which the entire Black Lives Matter movement rested, that police uh, more readily shoot black people, was false when you look at the overall picture. 
not an opinion. That's just a fact. It's not true because usually people cite the analysis that uh, the percentage of black people or the percentage of people shot by police who are black is higher than the percentage of Americans who are black, right? It's like 12% versus 37%, something like that. Uh, But when you look at the overall crime data, his argument was specifically who is most likely to be a threat to police where high crime areas are, the percentages actually line up almost perfectly with the number of police shootings. And then he showed a different example. He says, I did a breakdown by sex as well. Uh, The breakdown shows that 93% of quote-unquote unarmed people killed by police since 2015 have been male. But males are a little less than 50% of the U.S. population. Is this evidence of systemic uh, sexism against males? No, because according to the FBI statistics, fully 97.3 of known cop killers are male. Right. So he wrote an internal message explaining this. The company took it down, Not, not on the public side, just amongst his colleagues. Why? The company took it down. Then he had to speak to a diversity officer. Oh, my gosh. They agreed to re- This is the problem, man. Right. Yep. They agreed to repost his piece, but only if he removed references to systemic racism. Because you can't do that. That goes against the orthodoxy of the Church of BLM. So, Can we just stick to truth and facts? No. No. Not in that world. You can't. I know. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, And he he writes in this piece on uh, Substack, a handful of BLM supporters, all of them white, said that as a white person, I had no place criticizing BLM. They called my review of academic literature whitesplating. (laughs) It's always something, man. It always goes back to your racism and you need to do the work. Yeah. Failing to note that many of the academics he cited were black. (laughs) <laughs> and then, I'm quoting a black person right, with right. his opinion, well, but you then, can't say it because, uh, well, in that world, that person's not really black, which right. is also insane. Yeah, uh, and then he gets fired, uh, and I think he uh, he summarizes the point of all of this very very well, and it has to do with media at large. It says most of us don't understand how deeply compromised our news sources have become. Most of us have no idea that we are suffused with fictions and half-truths that sound sort of believable and are shielded from scrutiny by people whose job is to challenge them. I think we're feeling a turn from all of it. I really do. Absolutely. And I hope it's true. It is. I think it is. You feel it. It's got teeth. Yeah, I think it is. David, do you feel it? Oh, I I totally do, yes. Okay, good. Because it seems to be way deeper than we've even thought well nothing gets better under under these conditions it just gets worse no but there are so many people that honestly are indoctrinated well yeah i mean there was a poll the other day of gen z talking about moving forward and if i remember the stats it was employment and it was like completely no problem with teaching within the employment about uh, certain racism. I'm trying to articulate exactly what it was from the reading. Basically, it was a lot of woke stuff that they did not have a problem with if their employer supported. I'll just leave it at that before I get into specifics, Mm -hmm. but I can get that whole piece and bring it to you. And just reading that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is it too late for some of these people that have been brought up in school this way? And certainly with a college education, you've gone through four years of it. How long to unprogram that? 
just to say, you know what, let's let's just stop everything and just focus on what is true and what is fact. Take all the theories out of it, just fact and truth, and go from there. Most people in America, at least that I see and talk to, want everybody to get along and everyone to have opportunities. And it's not homophobic. It's not racist. It's a genuine sort of feeling. You may believe different than me, but we're all in this together. And we can all live together. We can make this happen. But, but there, or, or, there are powers that be that are trying to divide people. In order for me to join that club, I have to say it's okay for adults to talk to kids, little kids, about sex. Well, if that's what it takes, no, that's and not And it's starter. okay for no, it's not abortion okay. on demand. But that's the only that you're talking about meeting in the middle. I mean, you can't. There's no the, way. But here's the thing, Scott. How many people do you know that you've talked to on the abortion topic that are pro-choice? That are okay with abortion on demand. No, you're right. Very few. There's a ton of common ground there with most reasonable people, I believe. Yeah, just but, like just like the grooming thing. It's the same thing. Well, here's something real quick on the topic of just wokeness that's insane. Uh, the Washington Post ran an op-ed uh, with a senior at George Washington University saying, you know, we should rename this university. George Washington was racist. And again, in, it was the Washington, the Washington Post. Post. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a group of dentists because he had wooden teeth. <laughs> Gosh, do you remember in uh, 2017 after Charlottesville and Trump was saying, yeah, where, where do you draw the line at, at tearing down monuments, at tearing down statues? Because... And he brought up George Washington, brought up Thomas Jefferson. It's like, how, how long until we need to, like, unperson these folks, right? Yes. And at the time, there were or there was an avalanche of so-called fact-checkers saying, nobody's coming after George Washington. Come on. Exactly. And then here we are a few years later. I mean, yeah, that he was right. Doesn't it remind you of the episode with Bill Maher and yes. Dennis Prager? Yes. Yeah. That you brought up to the oh, show from, before, yeah, David? Yeah, that was from back in 2019 when Dennis Prager uh, brought up the point that there is a movement in the left that thinks that men can menstruate. And all the liberals on the panel laughed at him and said, nobody's saying that. Nobody thinks that. And here we are three years later. That's codified in Oregon state law. Yes. That men can menstruate. It's crazy. So, yeah. Here's the other question, man. And I'm not looking at just taking shots at people. You want to make this argument that George Washington was racist. Okay? All right. Let's take that debate aside. Let's say it's true for the sake of this argument. Okay? If you were to poll married women and ask the question, Okay, married to this guy. Would you rather him be a cheater? Like he's going to cheat on you a lot, or he's a bit racist? You got to pick one or the other. I know you don't want either, but you got to pick one. What's it going to be? Will you take the husband that's a little bit racist, or the one that's going to cheat a lot? What do you think the answer would be? That's a hell of a choice. Probably the racist. That's That would be my guess. Okay, what are we going to do with Martin Luther King Jr.? What are we going to do? Philanderer.
I don't know. It's is that promoting, you know, somehow cheating on your wife? I don't know. I would never say that. No. You look at all of the good he did in the world and really the message that should still be adopted throughout our society. Of course, you're told now if you're a white person and you you actually say, "Yeah, judge people by their character, not the color of their skin." Oh, who are you to say that? You're a white guy. No, I believe in what he said. It makes total sense. Sounds biblical to me. Oh, no, Whitey, you can't say that. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to get along, things like that. Got some good news, well, at least for a certain amount of the population. Now, I don't know if this is 10%, if it's 5 if it's 2 If you're a fan of the classic movie Spinal Tap, Yes, I it's, am. It's getting a sequel. Mm. See, is Rob Reiner involved, though? He is. No, see. No. So, uh, oh, he's no, a, you can't get beyond it? He's a nut. I don't I don't know. He's a nut times 100, though. The long story short is this. Apparently, the band has to get back together for one show one more time with the original members, or they're going to get sued. But there's so much bad blood, they're going to try to bring it back together. That's the premise. Oh, uh, I I think oh, that. No. Oh, I'm there. I'm going to watch it. I, I, I will. I'll, I'll probably watch it, but, man, I, I kind of feel like you should have just left leave Spinal Tap in the past. It's a great movie, but Nigel Tufnell. Just remember, Dumb and Dumber is still funny. You forget Dumb and Dumber or whatever it was. Yeah. Just remember that. All right. Planned Parenthood explains the word choice is racist and much more coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, Planned Parenthood has spoken, and they want you to know that the word choice is a bit racist. What? What? How? Well, it ignores the lived realities of black people. Boy, this ought to be good. This yarn you're about to spin. What? what? Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Well, you know the pro-choice caucus has put out new terms like stop using these old terms use the new terms when you're talking about abortion and one of the things that they want out of there is the word choice it should be decision um and they say it's harmful language pro to say choice the, helpful to say decision the the pro-choice caucus says the word choice is problematic Yes. Okay. I'm not saying we're going to be able to make sense of this. I'm bringing it up because it's hilarious. Because decision and choice are completely different. You know how? No, how? No, I don't know. I'm oh, looking okay, for an answer. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me. I'm not quite sure. That's what has a lot of people confused to see. Uh, they say choice assumes that everyone has the choice to get an abortion, even if it's legal. But what? what about black women and other birthing people of color who face racist and classist policies that, quote, keep them away from the care they need? So that's what they're getting at there. What does that mean? I don't know. And you mean they don't have access to abortions? Yes. Well, 
So it's different when you're talking choice and decision, apparently. Okay. Yeah. That's as bizarre and dumb as it sounds. Okay. I, it is really dumb. I mean, to me, it's just you're making yourselves out to be complete idiots, which yeah. par for the course. It's just on display for everyone to see. Meanwhile, just saw this. Bette Midler has really ticked off some people. I know you're a big fan, Scott. You used to play her records at Top 40 Radio. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Okay. With with the baby formula shortage, right? And people are talking, this is crazy. How could this be happening here? Well, Bette Midler put out on social media, try breastfeeding in all caps, exclamation mark. It's free and available on demand. Whoa. Uh-oh. Why don't you shut hey, up? That, that's really not true. No, it's not. All. I know it's not. You've talked about that quite a bit, David. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of women who can't for one reason or another. Or can't produce enough. Baby won't latch, things like that. I mean, Are you saying Bette Midler stoned up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Marley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Thank you for being here. Friday, that feels good. Okay, uh, sometimes you can't be in a good mood on Friday because someone said something idiotic, and then you're tripped and you're triggered and you're going to show that anger, and I think it's about to happen. Yeah, well, there's a massive shortage of baby formula thanks to the FDA slow-walking a recall process, bureaucratic red tape, and the nebulous excuse of supply chain issues. And by the way, do you know what those supply chain issues are? What? It's government regulations on imports. So, you know, with this case, absolutely. One of the reasons we don't import from Europe is because of labeling. Basically, they don't have a couple things listed that the U.S. requires. Otherwise, you would be able to import what is also highly regulated and some would say objectively higher quality infant formula. If it we know it's safe for labeling issues, you'd be able to do that. You'd be able to import it. But they're saying, well, supply chain issues. But most of it's made in the United States. Right. So what the hell are you talking about supply chain issue? It's a complete lie. You just bypass it. Uh, we need it shipped in. Right. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the White House, uh, though, has this helpful advice to parents who are trying to feed their babies. We would certainly uh, encourage any parent who has concerns about their child's health or well-being to call their doctor or pediatrician. No, no, no. Oh, no. you think so? No. That, that, God, that makes me mad. Call your pediatrician and call and ask for what? Well, they're like a gangster. Do you know where I can they, get, yeah, right. They, they know how you can get a secret shipment of formula. See, I know this guy. Back got, alley formula deliveries? I got a guy. What is she talking about? I don't know what she's talking about. Call your pediatrician? Yeah. Does he have the ingredients? Yeah. you can make it at home? What does that mean? Feeding babies is not a priority. Roe v. Wade is a priority. 
Well, yeah, the official Democratic Party platform, by all evidence, is the more dead babies, the better. This is a... You know what we're seeing on TV? Seriously, man, you got to you step back and you see this on television in front of you. You see food lines. You see lines for baby formula running out. Mothers crying on TV, going to fifteen different spots just to be able to feed their child. And you think, is this freaking Venezuela? Where are we? Right. What is going on here? I know. I'm serious. I. I don't have an answer, man. I mean, it's, I have never, you know. are going to get concerned about your heart attack. I know, but I've been around this world a little longer than you guys have, all right? I'm just telling you. I've never seen anything like this, not in this country. I mean, I can remember when you and I went to Mexico one time, Jamie, on a trip. Yes. We went off the beaten path. We went into the into the city of Ixtapa. Remember that? Yeah. And there were, like, animals running up and down the streets. Sure. There was outdoor markets with no sanitation at all. Yeah. And this is what I think about when I see this. Empty shelves of infant formula. Well, we had it better there in one sense. Well, yeah, because we were at the resort. We were hammered. And really didn't well, that's understand too. it all. But well, now dealing with this sober but, is I mean, not you fun see, at all. I mean, this, this is it. I mean, this is so freaking third world nonsense. Yeah. And this is acceptable to whom? It's my fault? It's your fault? Oh, it should be. Okay, here's what we're doing to fix Today. It. Yes. And now they're totally saying agree. they've known about this for months. Since October. That's right. Gosh, yeah. damn. And it's and and, and not to keep in mind any, the president is laser focused. Oh, we, please. To make you any more angry. But, well, David was the first person I heard it from. And then it was reported all over the place that there's, you know, stockpiles of baby formula at the border. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a problem there. You, I mean, David. Yeah. You saw the pictures, you heard the audio and saw the video. And what I what was really something to me, these shelves of baby formula at the border that was shipped there yeah. for people coming in illegally. Yes. The little like post it notes on each um sort of crate do not take. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That was just like the extra yeah. part to tick you off. Yeah. Please don't take. You know, I've heard the counterpoint to that, like it showing up at the border. Well, do you want those infants to starve? No, I don't want those infants to starve. But what you're doing is what we're doing is pointing out the fact that one crisis compounds another. And it's, that, it's not just that, man. You incentivize coming here illegally. Yeah. That's your administration that does that. Okay, so you are putting people in harm's way. Dude, we'll get to this in a bit. How many more people have drowned just trying to get here? You incentivize it. If you stop the incentives and say, we're not taking anybody else, you, you're you going right back. Can't do it. We absolutely can't do it. Message to the world, don't come here. You have to come through legally. Or you, you will be turned away. And if you were serious about that problem, somebody tell me why we don't get troops there. Why? Oh, we don't want to send the message. We can't take any more people. No, we're done. And we're friggin' broke. Now you have told us that the mother who's looking for this in Dallas, Texas, is not as worthy as the mother who came in here illegally. That's exactly the message yeah, you're sending. It is. You're sending that message. I mean, the only way I think Biden would move is if we said there's a shortage on ice cream. He'd probably freak out then. <laughs> Yeah, we can't have that. Yeah, that, right that would. Yeah, he'd be uh, hyperdrive then. Meanwhile, 
Um, another piece of audio. Uh, we'll see who goes off here. This is uh, Fauci. Lord Fauci. Yeah. I swear, David, you just bring this up to take people off. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's important to, to watch the attempt to rewrite history in real time. That is true. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci was at a budget hearing this week, and Representative Ben Klein, a Republican out of Virginia, asked him about uh, the lockdowns in this country and now what we're seeing become crystal clear, the rates of depression, suicide, suicide attempts. Uh, drug abuse, drug overdoses, drug overdose deaths, and trying to get at the heart of whether or not Fauci's recommendations with the coronavirus actually unleashed a worse epidemic in this country. Would you agree that suicide rates are have increased among young people? Indeed, they have. Would you agree that domestic violence rates have increased? Uh, yeah, well, the answer is yes, but I'm wondering what that has to do with the question you're asking me. Would you agree that drug and alcohol oh, use increased during these lockdowns? Well, I, I'm not sure the lockdowns itself did it. And I'm wondering why you're asking me about lockdowns, because there were not complete lockdowns in this country. There were restrictions, obviously, but there were not lockdowns. Boy, he should have been fired a long time ago. He lied to people. Okay. This, this isn't even getting into what's been covered up and what will see the light of day at some point in time about what he knew with the Wuhan lab, how he coerced people to sign a letter. It goes on and on. But the fact that he doesn't want any accountability, you exactly know why you're being asked those questions. Because from the start, Fauci had that much power to direct what policy was going to be. Dude, he was the only one that was able to talk. And so many people had different ideas. Yes. Saying, you know, we could do this, but here's the problem. Here's going to be the effects of this if you lock people down. You shut well, up. Did we lock people down like China? No, Tony, we didn't. We're not China. Damn I close. think sometimes you would like us to be China. You're so in bed with China. Who knows what you really think? He's got to go. Yeah. I all I'll say again is I hope the Republicans take over. And David, like you said before, they put that mother on trial. That's what needs to happen. It's like a trial. And you need to tell people the truth about what you knew, how much money you gave to China for gain of function research because you knew exactly what it was. And that's to me it's easily provable. Yeah. I just hope it happens. Yeah, when, when you say that we had no lockdowns, it's like, yeah, tell that to all these kids who were out of school right. for two years. Tell that to people who lost everything because of this. Oh, well, technically you weren't in a lockdown. What, because you weren't taping people in the, inside their homes? You weren't cementing over their doors? Right. You're not going to count that as a lockdown? Give me a break. Yeah, the kids that were beaten, the women that were beaten. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. Well, the and people on. that were yanking off the beaches. Oh my gosh, man. I mean, you... Hey, that guy. Okay, inflation. Man, it's like one topic after another. Just brightening up your Friday. Mm. <laughs> uh, they say the average household is uh, losing about $311 a month. That's the average. For some people, it's a lot more. And I think the biggest thing to keep in mind, as you brought up, David, you can say, well, inflation, it's above eight, you know, between 8 and 9%. Wages have gone up over 5%, about 55 give yeah. or take. But when you're talking about the essentials, when you're talking about energy, 
housing, and food, you're looking at 19% inflation. Yeah. So you can put some other things on hold as far as costs if you can. But, man, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's what I don't understand Understand when some of the nerds in media and in, in Washington try to say, well, if you look at the core price index, okay, right, but most people aren't just looking at the core price index because you have no. to get gasoline. You have to pay uh, for housing. You have to... You have to pay for electricity in your house. These are essentials. So I don't really care what the cost of wheat is necessarily on its own. Like, I, I, I do actually care about the cost of gas. That does factor into my budget. And when it's you're losing out on over $5,000 a year now, well, yeah, that's dude. a big deal. But, I mean, I don't know if everybody thinks about it like this. You can remember, say, for sake of argument, yeah, i got to fill up. It's going to be like 47 bucks. Now it's $81. Yeah. And it goes in your mind, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't go out to eat tonight with the fam. Maybe we should just go a little cheaper route, do something at home. You know a lot of people think that way. Oh, sure. And then it's the restaurant owner. Where is everybody? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it affects, well, in the end, everybody. And you got people out there, oh, we care about the working folks. Shut up. Shut up. You kidding me? All right, on an entertainment note, this is interesting. Norm MacDonald, who passed a while back, last September, has a Netflix special coming out, and he knew it was going to come out, David. Yeah, uh, so he was diagnosed with cancer in 2012, kept it private. That's why it was a shock last September when he died. People didn't really know he was sick. Yeah. Uh, He was working on new material for a Netflix special when he had to go into the hospital in the summer of 2020. Uh, He knew his test results were not good, so during the heart of the pandemic and literally the night before going into the hospital for a procedure, he wanted to get his special on tape, just in case, as he put it, things went south. So they did it, and if he died, you know, the the agreement would be you'd release it after I'm dead. And it's coming out later this month Hmm. on Netflix. And you're looking forward to it, David. I am looking forward to it. I, I wonder, like, because that, that guy, nothing was really off limits for that guy. Right. And if you know this is the last thing I'm going to do before I die, and people are going to watch it after I'm dead, and you can't do anything about it. That's like, pretty interesting. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I hope. <clears throat> yeah, it, there's that creepy factor that comes into it, I suppose. But I'm not going to watch it right away, I'll bet you, Robin. No, I probably will, just out of curiosity, see how it's done. But you're squishy on it. You're uncomfortable. Yeah, a little bit. A little uncomfortable, yeah. It'll be fascinating. Maybe I'll wait for David to get the review. Um, Okay, migrants drowning. Got to get to that. And (laughs) a pundit says, I think we're out of touch on inflation, really. All coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, it's like attention here, there, everywhere else. It's Roe v. Wade. It's Ukraine. Oh, January 6th in the committee. Let's please not talk about the border. Let's please not talk about the crisis there that's only going to get worse. 
mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. And how many more people have drowned, David? Uh, from Bill Malugin, uh, he's saying that uh, four migrants are missing and presumed to have drowned after they went in the river uh, in Eagle Pass last night and never resurfaced. That includes a three-year-old from Nicaragua. Oh, uh, same area as other recent drownings, over 20 there in April. And, it, again, you know, you hear from the left all the time. You hear from Joe Biden, well, we want to be a loving, welcoming company, uh, country. I mean, there is nothing loving about sending a three-year-old boy into the arms of human traffickers. There's nothing loving about having the mom or the dad of a three-year-old send him off or take him on that kind of journey only to die in the river. You have to send the message you cannot come here. I and, saw this too. At least thirteen dead after a migrant boat capsized near Puerto Rico. Coast Guard rescued about thirty people, um, but thirteen are dead. And that was migrants from Haiti, some from the DR. And there was a question along with the story: um, How can voyages like this be prevented before disaster strikes? Send a message. Yes. It's not that hard. No. It it is so frustrating. Unless and, of and course you want it to happen. That they care, you know they don't. It's about a future voting block. Well, of course it is. The people that care, they already send money and resources to the people in those countries. Man. Saw this. Tax dollars going to work in the state of Illinois. No, uh, no. well, a Pride Fest is coming to Lake County. That's north of Chicago. Yeah. By Waukegan. Um and they're going to have, like, arts and crafts and a lot of activities for children, including drag queen story time and drag kids dress up. Drag okay. kids dress up? Correct. Christopher Rufo, you know, who has reported on a lot of this stuff, yeah, um, said, yeah, this is happening, and it's the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services, DCFS, sponsoring it. Jeez. No, that's abuse. No. <sighs> it's Pride Fest Kitty Corner. No. Yep. Drag show for children. No. I was like, holy smokes, man. And you have people saying, what is going on? That's indoctrination. That's grooming. That's what that is. I find it very hard to believe that Illinois is losing so much population. (laughs) It's tough for me to figure that one out. DCFS sponsoring. Unbelievable. Wow. And it's being billed as a family-friendly outdoor festival. Um, And the spokesperson from that group says, you know, it's more important than ever that we do this sort of thing uh, because we're watching our human rights get rolled back at an unprecedented rate. No, you don't have a human right to sexualize children. But that's just that they think they do. It's sick. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. David, so far today, what would you say is the biggest story? Probably the biggest story is that the White House uh, is saying that if you're a mother or a father looking for formula for your child, you should either A, call your pediatrician, or B, stop buying so much formula to begin with. I cannot believe that they have pointed to hoarding as, like, the driving yeah. cause of the shortage. Yep, they did. What we are seeing, which is an enormous problem, is hoarding. Uh, people hoarding because they're fearful. Uh, that is one element of it. And people hoarding because they are trying to profit off of fear, fearful parents. The hoarding starts because there's a shortage. Yeah. You moron. Idiot.
Chuck Todd says, hey, I think we're out of touch on inflation. A moment of clarity, maybe? Next. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay. Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd is what Donald Trump called Chuck Todd. What's he saying now, David? Yeah, well, he had a moment of clarity on MSNBC yesterday. Chuck Todd admitted that maybe, just maybe, establishment folks in D.C. and New York don't really grasp what's going on in this economy. As he was... As he was talking to former White yeah, House economist great. Douglas Holtz Eakin. Okay. I think truly this is a uniquely out of touch um, situation here for the Acela Quarter. And it's way worse than the numbers would suggest. Yeah, it is. Because you keep hearing people say, well, the unemployment rate is low and blah, blah, blah. Well, how does that affect me if it's costing me 80 whatever dollars to fill up my tank when it used to cost me 40? Right. Right. I, of course. Okay. Uh well, just about two months ago, too, here was Chuck Todd whining about conservatives pointing out that the economy sucks for people right now. Wow. 51% believe the economy is in a recession or depression. I mean, look, I it, it's just not true. I know. Our, this economy is frustrating. This economy with COVID has been, I've got money and I can't find something. But my God, there's jobs. There's good jobs. Is this a... The right-wing echo chamber is better than the Democratic echo chamber, or sure. echo chamber, or is, or, or is there something else missing here? Now, how many years ago was that, David? <laughs> that, was, that was two months ago. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. All right. You know what, man? I had an interesting conversation with a buddy of mine. Um, you know, for several different reasons, lost a job over a year ago. Okay, and he said to me, "You know, I hear people talk about there's." jobs out there all over the place it's like yeah there's a lot of service industry jobs you know if you're over the age of 40 say and have a good track record say you've been whatever middle management upper to you know close to upper management at some places where are those jobs and honestly i did not have an answer for him i'm like oh man that's really interesting so yeah i'm looking there is that part but the bigger issue here with chuck todd and you're hearing this more and more for pe- from people that have worked in that industry of how clueless they are to just regular American people. Oh, yeah. And the way people live their lives and how this kind of economy is hurting people. They really don't know. And it is the echo chamber. It's the bubble. Call it whatever you want. And I don't want to say it's just these people. Because no matter where you work or where you're at, you can get yourself into a bubble. And I say that because I think we've all been in a situation where years later you'll look back and you look at, like, the activities or the way you thought along with other people, and you can sort of think, you know, at the time we all thought that was normal. But once you get away from it, you realize, man, that wasn't normal at all, especially with lived experience. Once you've had a few decades of adulthood, Mm -hmm. you could look back at different times and go, man. That was a jacked-up situation, and a lot of people thinking really 
in a dumb way that's not normal. Do you get what I'm saying? Sure. But it's that way for these people, I think, for years. Unless they get out of that bubble, they never really realize it. And so for a second, I had a little hope there for Chuck Todd, but then he, he shot it in the foot. Well, you get caught up in the Washington cocktail circuits. and Right. You know, that's what we, what we were talking about, to fund the police. I mean, the people you need to talk to are the people that need the police, not the people who don't. Man, there might not be a better example of out of touch from those people in D.C. I don't know if they really believed, yeah, this is something we really got to look at. We're three jamokes, regular people. Right. Yeah. You could see what was going to happen. Absolutely. It doesn't take a scientist to figure it out. What, you're going to take cops off the street? You know what happens? Holy crap. Right. But when you when it doesn't Crime affect... Crime and murders go through the roof. When it doesn't affect you or anyone you yeah. know, you just assume that's the way it is. Man, oh, man. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, oh, Joe Rogan is in some hot water again. I don't know if you heard... Oh, I have. Why? <laughs> well, he's just doing, you know, an interview like he would always do. Um, he's got professor, author, Gad Saad on, and they're just talking about a number of different issues. And Joe stumbles upon kids being indoctrinated. Okay, with, you know, basically going back to the Florida parental rights bill and groomers. And how, you know, people on the left hate the term groomers. But, well, he starts out this way. Go ahead. How do you feel about indoctrination by people that are educators? I don't like that at all. There's two very different things. And if you want to tell me that they're the same thing, I say, f*** you. Because they're not. Because there's a lot of crazy people that wind up being teachers. Yes. So he goes into it. The term groomer. A lot of people don't like that term online. They're very upset. But they're real. There are groomers. You you don't like it? Do you not like it because you don't want children to be groomed? Or do you not like it because it's a pejorative that's used against the left? Which is, I think, more likely. Well, here's what's more important. Not have people groom your kids. That's what's more important than you getting uncomfortable with this word because it's used by people on the right. Well, yeah. You That's know, exactly and thanks to libs of TikTok, we've seen you all. Absolutely. And we, we've seen you. Because some of the things that you've seen on libs of TikTok on Twitter that takes actual videos off of TikTok from liberal people, and a lot of times you see these videos of teachers, teachers of young kids and yeah. how they are basically yeah. trying to indoctrinate. And here's how I do it. It's been pretty amazing. And the left hates libs of TikTok for putting out the videos of yes, people from the left trying to indoctrinate kids. And and by the way, they're not they're they're out there because they feel like everybody would agree with them. Exactly. Like here's my point of view, and how is that crazy? Another case of people in their own bubble. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's kind of crazy uh, about the whole groomer conversation that happens. It wasn't that long ago that you know there was a national conversation being had about how to better protect children from teachers who were predators. It's not, it, you know, it, it only really became this pejorative thing because of trans activists. That's it. Now it's like, well, it's anti-trans. Well, well no, I, I think that we should have guardrails against adults talking to children about their genitals. I think that's a pretty common sense thing. And there's a stat that got thrown out there that I think is fascinating. Uh, is that if you compare the rate of teachers who get arrested and convicted 
of child abuse, of sexual abuse of, of children versus the rate of Catholic priests who got caught doing it, the rate's mm-hmm. actually higher in education. Holy cow. Now, now again, is that to say that every teacher, no, not at all. Not- you know what? And Rogan gets into that. Yeah. They, they talk, he talks about that part. I think all this is edited. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hand on the button, David, just in case. Okay. This was an exercise for our producer, Chris. Yeah, I I count on him. I trust him. The word groomer. Unbelievable. No. No, there should be no groomers. How about that? And this is what they wrote. They said, not all teachers are groomers, but a lot of groomers are teachers. There you go. And that's real. That's a real problem. I mean, constantly... Teachers are getting arrested for exposing themselves to children, for masturbating in front of children, for sending nude pictures in front of children. Every couple days, there's a new one that pops up in the news. And how many of those people haven't been caught yet? And how many of those people are out there? And how many of those people are doing it under the guise of I'm an LBGTQ uh, educator? And I'm you know, keeping a tally of the amount of hate mail that you be getting well good luck i don't read it <laughs> it's <laughs> that's why people love that guy because he just talks that way and every point he brings up is true that's why the left's going crazy right now so you don't like uh, kindergarten teachers talking about uh, gender <laughs> identity well theory. i think it's important and i think everyone should know it i think it's like that's why that joking. whole uh the what they were calling the don't say gay bill yeah. in florida was so infuriating yeah like when you're saying that you're, you, you oppose any sort of legislation that prevents people from talking about sex and gender identity and sexual orientation with people that are first grade through third grade, you oppose anything that restricts that, I go, okay. Who are you talking about? Because if this is open-ended, I've had some idiots for teachers when i grew up (laughs) (laughs) and that's the truth yeah people are afraid almost it seems to even say that it's weird because i used i used to have this conversation it was the same thing with clergy you were brought up not to question clergy not to question your teachers i mean that's the environment and if you were you 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 know right these people earned your respect based on their position Uh, absolutely but there's also that had changed, though, I yeah, think, oh, by the time David was a kid. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it had, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the conversation I grew up with was if any teacher, if any adult starts talking to you about private parts, anything like that, like I was on a community swim team, and especially that, you know, if any of the adults start, like, adjusting your swimsuit or anything like that, talk to talk to me. Call your coach over, you know, talk to an adult who's not the person doing this. Just to be safe. That was that was like hammered into your head. Yeah. When I was growing see, up. That's the difference, I guess, in our ages right and, there. And the left now is saying, no, that should be normal. No, it, trying to go back to where it was before. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Exactly. To quote the left, not going back. Not yeah, going no, back. No, we're, we're, we're not. We're not going back. All right. Oh, man, here you go. This is your day, Robbins. One for me, too. Yeah. Shin gears to this story. Uh, David, you have it. This was a court in the U.K., and they made an important decision. Oh, yeah, that insulting a man for being bald in the workplace in the U.K. amounts to sexual harassment now. Damn straight it does. <laughs> so there, <laughs> there's a lawsuit going on because this guy uh, had a toxic work environment, and he got fired, and one of his supervisors called him a, a bald and then used the C word uh, against him. 
Well, that bald thing they said, because baldness is more prevalent among men, that is automatically a statement of your gender and therefore is gender-based discrimination, according to this U.K. court. See? That's right. They compared it to a woman's chest size. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like if you were making comments about that, if you're making comments about your bald head or my bald head with a few wispy tufts, then basically that's toward a guy and that's discrimination, and we can't have it. I'm, I'm for it. I'd like to take it one step further. Go ahead. And all these creams and and potions and things that people advertise to rub on your head, <laughs> just do nothing but swindle the ball. Then we got to stop that too. <laughs> that needs to stop. <laughs> For those that have never heard the story, we can tell it in thirty seconds. Robbins did one time visit a place that put a rug on his head. Yeah, and it looked like a dead squirrel. <laughs> I, why didn't you at least take a picture of it? We could have seen I it. I was so disgusted then... with myself for even being there. It was this building, that no nondescript building in a basement, dimly lit. Guy pulls out a drawer, and there's like 70 different toupees in there. But you knew and that. And he starts sticking in... stuff on my head, and I'm like, oh, my God, what, what's going on? You knew that was going to happen, but you thought it would look better. I, I did. Maybe there's been advances. This was years ago now. Right, it maybe, was. Maybe there can be a full head of hair. That I just figured the good. doors would lock on their own and I'd be stuck. <laughs> I see an endorsement opportunity for this show. Well, I, I think that, you know, as our producer, uh, Chris, just pointed out, I, I think there's an opportunity for Scott Robbins to become the face of the Bald Heads Matter movement. <laughs> All right. Yes, absolutely. Our Bald Lives Matter would we'll just... DLM it. <laughs> oh, Netflix has a message for their employees you got to hear. Straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Boy, you do feel a turn. You're hearing the stories of billionaire investors telling companies you don't want to go too woke with your company. Oh, yeah. Okay, watch it. Watch where you go. And you see this story. Netflix has, well, given a memo. It's called the Culture Memo to its employees. Hmm. And they're saying that, you know, maybe this isn't the place for you if you're offended by Dave Chappelle. In broad strokes, Variety had this story saying that the memo states, if you'd find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix may not be the best place for you. You know, employees may be required to work on projects that they, quote, perceive to be harmful. That if they have a hard time accepting their work assignment, they might want to consider working somewhere else. Good. Ooh. Boy, that's a 180, isn't it? Oh, man. Well, the numbers suck. They do. I mean, it sounds trite at this point, but get woke, go broke. Yes. This is happening everywhere. They had a walkout, remember, to protest Dave Chappelle, his closer special. I guess they forgot. They don't own it, huh? Wasn't it like, I think so. Like 13 people actually walked out or something like that? Yes, but, I mean, there was real talk at the time that Netflix was going to end its relationship with Chappelle. Or like, really? Oh, yeah. 
You know, which brings me to this. And thanks to our producer, Chris. I think this is edited well enough. Speaking of Dave Chappelle, one of the bits that makes him so good at what he does is you'll think he's going in a direction, and then it's a different direction you don't see coming. Yeah. And so this was about abortion. And if you've heard the bit, you already know where it goes. But if you haven't heard it, you have to wait until the end. Because it goes to a place that I know when I was watching it the first time, I didn't expect. Tell you right now, I don't care what your religious beliefs are or anything. If you have a d- you need to shut the d- up on this one. Seriously. So everybody loves it, because if you're a dude, you got to be quiet on this, okay? This is theirs. The right to choose is their unequivocal right. Not only do I believe they have the right to choose, I believe that they shouldn't have to consult anybody except for a physician uh-huh. about how they exercise that right. Gentlemen, that is fair. And ladies, to be fair to us, I also believe if you decide to have the baby, a man should not have to pay. And oh, then, boy. That's fair. If you can kill this motherfucker, I can at least abandon him. <laughs> and that's the part. It's my money, my choice. <laughs> and then I thought it was brilliant the way he ended it. And if I'm wrong, then perhaps we're wrong. Yeah. It's a different way to think about it, isn't it? No, well, that's why he's who he is. Yes. No doubt. We got to get ready for the Friday Five. You know what the title of today's songs is, or the subject? I do. Well, it's that topic. Songs with life in the title. Oh, life. Okay. You want to get in early? 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. The Friday Five, songs with life in the title. Kick it off next, ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That means it's time for our countdown, the Friday Five. It always starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. That's right. Friday Five. Take a little break from news. And sometimes incorporate news or a holiday into our countdown. Of course, big news is Ben Roe v. Wade and just cut to the chase. We're doing songs with life in the title. Oh. There are great songs with life in the title. Yeah, this was lots. not easy to rank. No. Although I would say number one was number one by a margin. Put it that way. Because we yeah. go by test of time. Also, how big a hit or how iconic is the song? And then how much do we personally like it? Put it all together, and that's our five. Again, the number is 210-619-2053. Who leads us off, David? Uh, let's start off with Corey in Portland. Hey, Corey. Hey, 
Thinking today. Round, I think it's only fitting that I saw Alice Cooper less than a month ago, so the fright is still in the air. Excellent. And this next one is probably by the greatest rock and roll band from America. The intro riff was none other than just a guitar warm-up exercise by that player. And this one has the classic line of, there was lines on the mirror, <laughs> and there was lines on her face. They did not notice that they were caught up in the race. And other than... Life in the fast lane, the Eagles. Oh, Corey yeah. Corey gets to walk on Number today. one. Life in the fast lane. Nice back, too, Corey. Oh, yeah. That was a Joe Walsh warm-up lick that became a song. I heard this song less than a month ago, and I was thinking to myself, man, Actually, I talked to my son going, you know, this is pretty timeless, man. That holds up after all this time. Oh, and the guitar playing is just fantastic in this thing. Yes. Well, it's the cautionary tale. Good story, and it's a snapshot of California in 1976. No doubt about it. Yes. One of their best for sure. Good number one there. All right, songs with life in the title. Who's up, David? Uh, Let's talk to Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey guys, I was getting a little nervous earlier. Uh, there, Jamie was channeling his Mister Inner Mister Robbins. There, I thought you were going to have to hit the dump button on him a couple of times. <laughs> Who says I didn't? <laughs> <laughs> You'd never we know. We wouldn't know on this end. You're right. No, You're right. No. Yeah, That's not. I didn't. I didn't curse. I didn't say anything. No. no. No, I'm sure your face was probably red, and you're on the verge, which is understandable yeah. with the kind of work you do and the stupidity you have to listen to on a daily basis. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate the support. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, one that might be up your alley there, Jamie. Uh, we're going to go with 18 in Life, Skid Row. You're like a brother to me, man. <laughs> yeah, from the debut album, Skid Row. Multi-platinum. That was a big hit, Scott Robbins. I bet you played that at Top 40 Radio. Uh... I don't remember playing it. It might have been day parted out of days into nights. I know, but I, number, it was a tough I think we probably played it, but only played it after like 5 o'clock or after 6 o'clock or something. Because that was one of the dumbest formatic things ever in radio. Like people at 8 o'clock in the morning don't want to hear it, but at 6 they really do. It never made any sense, but we did it all the time. too many guitars early in the morning. We need to play our Paula Abdul, but maybe we'll play Kid Row yeah. later. Right. That, well, Jolly. That was part of the How format. Embarrassing. Right? Yeah, well, it paid well for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? The perks were good, too. Oh, man, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk oh, to Oh, my goodness. Albert in Bedford County, Virginia. Hey, Albert. Greetings, Comrade Robbins from Stuffy Old Man, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking in, Albert. What you got today? Well, I heard earlier in the week was the anniversary of the first openly gay player in the NFL, Michelle Sam. However, <laughs> you failed to celebrate the breaking of another glass ceiling. Oh, Recently, no. the first openly straight white female actually played a game in the WNBA. Her name <laughs> is Zanti Robbins. <laughs> Got it. Also, I was glad to see our finally getting rid of hateful troll Jen Jen. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Today's her last day. Yes. When she was asked how she wanted to be remembered, 
She said as profoundly stupid and knowingly incompetent, or Pisaki for short. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well right. done. All right, nice job. Yeah, good job. Well, since today is Blame Someone Else Day, I think only appropriate that Ms. President Magoo said it is okay to blame others because this is my life. Billy Joel. Yes. Yeah. Number five. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. Been singing a long time. Look at the disgust on the face of David Van Camp. He's garage sale Paul McCartney, okay? Oh, wow. I've never heard that before. Garage sale Paul McCartney. Now, now, look at the puppy dog eyes. No, I mean, that's all right. Now. I mean, he's... David's really tell not me supposed to like him. Tell I mean, him I'm wrong. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong, okay? I mean, the dude was... I mean, the dude was pretty popular. Okay. Sold a boatload oh. of records, had a ton of hit records, still on the radio all over the place. And a horrible human being. <laughs> well, he may very well be. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I think I'm, he would still sell out arenas. Still does. I, I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give him that. I don't want to get in the way of this fight. I mean, I don't no, know. No, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Billy Joel guy in the world, but I like a lot of his music. I take it that made number five on the strength of Robin's pick. Yeah, it did. Yeah. How, where did nobody else it? had it? I didn't. Oh, wow. Okay. David didn't have it either? No, I didn't have it. Yeah? I don't know where I had it. Well, I think that was was a top ten record. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So you give it an eight or nine for hit. Yeah. And then test the time. Big one. Yeah. What did you give that, David? I gave that an eight. Yeah, eight or nine. And then your personal like, if it's... Eight or nine. Yeah, zero. Wow. I had like a three. Yeah, well... I mean, if it comes on, I don't listen to it. I mean, I got nothing against them or anything else. It's just not my thing. I know. I'd rather hear 18 in life. That didn't make my top five either. Okay. All right. Just We'll get to what everybody picked. We will. The career arc of Skid Row versus Billy Joel. I'm not saying that. Was, <laughs> okay. that. was that my point? Okay. I just said I gave it a All three right. for right. like. Okay. I wouldn't give it an eight or nine. All right. I mean, dude, the way you go off on the air sometimes, I mean, you're like this masculine voice in America, and then people see your iPhone playlist, and they're like, what happened to that guy? Well, I mean, listen, I, again, I came from the world of Top 40. I was in right. it for well, okay. how many years? 30? 25? Yeah. It's okay. Who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love you, show. I received my CNN Plus welcome package in the mail today. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> it contained a CNN Plus paperweight, a CNN Plus lava lamp, and oddly enough, a CNN Plus chia pet of Chris Wallace's head. Chia. My song, Eddie Rabbit, Driving My Life Away. Oh, yeah. Good song. Oh, man. Eddie Rabbit in a while. Eddie was on another countdown weeks ago. I'm like, man, I love those songs. Those are fun. I'd take that over my life, personally. Oh, all right. You too, right, David? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Wild Bill in Charlotte County, Virginia. Hey, Wild Bill. Hey, how you guys doing on this great Friday? Great, Good, Wild man. Bill. Thanks for checking in. What you thinking today? I'm thinking about the the Quiet Beetle, George Harrison. What is life? Yes, sir. 
I did, but I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember. No, I remember. Okay. I know it was close. Good song. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely close. All right, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Hello. How are you? Great, John. Thanks for checking in. Always good to hear from you. Always a pleasure. Listen, I want to thank you for those valuable lessons in the efficacy of ingesting crack through my anus, which I really would not have known about had it not been for the harm reduction program. You know, you and me both. I, I had no idea. Yeah, that was on yesterday's yeah. show. It was a it was a barn burner. Yeah. Who knew? I Who saw, needs a pipe? You, nature gave you one. Supermarket. <laughs> I, it hasn't arrived yet. I'm waiting for my CNN Plus package. Uh, with the crack pipe. So, on its way. Since the theme is uh, drug addiction, I had to nominate Iggy Pop's song that's used to sell cruises to boomers, even though it's about heroin. <laughs> Lust for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got the woman in the bathing suit dancing with her husband. Oh, yeah. On deck. I'm on holiday. Yep. All right, Friday Five, songs with life in the title. We have number one, and we have number five. We're looking for two, three, and four. The number is 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. And we'll wrap it up. Coming up right here. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Do you have a news update to get to along with Scott Robbins? Trifecta, his top three stories of the day. We're doing the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. And today it starts with life in the title. That's your number one, life in the fast lane from the Eagles. Also had Billy Joel, My Life at Five. We're looking for two, three, and four. We've had some great honorable mentions, too, from, well, Skid Row, among others. <laughs> Eddie Rabbit. Yes, a lot of them. Uh-huh. Now back to it, David. Uh, let's get to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. Hey, so I thought of a few, but I'm going with Life is a Highway by Tom Cochran. Yeah, Tom Cochran. Good Great song. choice. Number three. Life is a Twice. Yep. With Tom Cochran and then Rascal Flatts. Yep. Yes. From the Cars soundtrack. Oh, that's right. Lightning McQueen. That's right. Yes. Lightning McQueen. That was huge. Both times, really. Yeah. Good call, Mary. My granddaughter granddaughter used to think I was Lightning McQueen. Really? She thought it was my voice. Are you serious? I am serious. When Did she you was tell little. her that? No, I didn't. I, I told her it wasn't me. She was telling her mom, that's grandpa. 
<laughs> no kidding. Isn't it Owen Wilson? Yes. I don't know, but she thought it was me. I don't know. Weird. Okay. Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy is Bader. I could. You might be closer to that. Maybe I am. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Oh, uh, we got Nance in California. In my life, the Beatles. Oh yeah, good song. Absolutely, just right to it. Okay. Well, to be fair, there were three Beatles songs. Honorable mention. And then my song that's iconic. I saw a film today, oh boy. Got a day in the life, got to get you into my life and in my life. But not cracking the top five. Travis said Billy Joel. Anyway, back to the countdown, David. Who's up? Got our buddy Johnny in Salina. Hey, Johnny. (laughs) Hey, Johnny. Johnny. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, no problem, no problem, of course. It's my, the pleasure of my week, man. So, you know, I've been hearing a lot of stuff with this Ultra Mag stuff going on. And I don't see what the big problem is. I've been using Ultra Magnum since 1985. <laughs> no one has ever complained about it to me. It's not a big deal, man. But anyway, anyway, i got a song for you. Yeah. It goes a little something like this. Now I'm... And the time of my life. No, I never felt this way before. Where Johnny, I didn't know you could sing more? like that. Wow. wow. What a crooner, man. Okay. A huge hit at Top 40 Radio. You played it, Scott. Oh, lots, yeah. And Tessa Timer. I don't know where that falls. Still gets played, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they use it in ad campaigns, so yeah, I that's assume true. there is some level of testing time. Yeah, lust for there. life in that one for cruise ships. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you didn't have it up there in your top three. Well, hmm. my okay. personal like was not, it's not anything I oh, reach for. Okay. Put it that way. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to John in Mississippi. Hey, John. John. Yeah. You're up, buddy. Yes. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Hey, John. Uh, hey, hey, fellas. Um, I'm doing this for Scott. Uh, he mentioned this several times, but for four years span, uh, I had 16 number one. I got uh, Someone Saved My Life Tonight, Elton John. Elton John. Oh, yeah. dude. Someone I had it in my mind. Sugar bear. You failed on this one, Robin. You know why you say sugar bear? Why? That's what Bernie called Elton. That was his nickname. Oh, wow. I just learned something. There you go. I think that's a great song. Great song. Yeah. I had it. You didn't. I don't know why. It's, oh, there's so many good songs. We better get to number two. Yeah. I can't number believe four. number two wasn't mentioned. Well, well we number got- two. I think we had one. Somebody. Okay, David. Yeah. Who we got? Uh, real quick. Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, I'm going to go with one of Scott's favorites. Uh, Guy of Straits, Walk Alive. Walk Alive. Oh, yeah. Number four. Mark Knopfler heard that song a couple years ago. He goes, I put too many. 
at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know, it's a big hit. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. <laughs> now we got to talk about what we got coming up. Oh, hey, yeah. Oh, well, uh, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, it's her last day. Uh, she did a little bit of weeping. Uh, today, no. As she was saying goodbye, you made me better and you need people in the media. She you did not. Be good and you. <laughs> And then she went right back to lying and said that we are pulling every lever to get baby formula back on the shelves. See, like, listen, she won money levers. on that one. Somebody said, if you can work lever in one more time, I got 50. These spokespeople, it's been every lever. What's the other trite saying that they go to every time? Tool in the toolbox. Yes. Right. Range yep. of options. Yes. Laser focused. Yeah. We'll get to that. And Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, the trifecta, next right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Oh, well, it's uh, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary's last day as press secretary for the President of the United States of America. And, well, she cried. We'll get to that audio in just a moment. Here's here's the news update. Uh, If you are a parent looking for baby formula and you can't find it or it's rare that you can find it, Rest assured, we have some of the most incompetent people trying to solve this problem for you. Um, Now, here's what Jen Psaki had to say about it. Okay. We are working on every lever here to expedite. Okay. Not levers again. If you hear that, every lever, you know it's failure. Heard that a lot in Afghanistan. Yeah. Or is leaving there. You know. Going to every tool in the toolbox, tool every lever. Here we, go. we are working on every yeah. lever here to expedite uh, addressing this uh, and to ensure that when people go, when mothers go to the grocery stores in the coming weeks, that, that they will see uh, the, the uh, shelf stocked. Because by then, I'll be out of here. Yeah. In the coming I'll be weeks. on MSNBC. Yeah. Yeah, I think, isn't she taking some time off before that failure starts? I think so. Yeah. Probably. So she was just going to sleep for a while. I would imagine, man, it would be hard to go to sleep tonight when you lie every day like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's going to spend a lot of time in confession first. Maybe. Get doused with holy water. <laughs> <laughs> so you said she wept as well because oh, yeah. it was her last a, day? A couple different times. Uh, here is her giving a thanks to the President of the United States for helping us. Uh, reinstate dignity. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> here we go. Here we go. No. I promised myself I wasn't going to get emotional. Whew. Okay. Um, um, thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to the president and the first lady. Uh, they entrusted me in serving in this role for the last 15 months. And I talked about this a little bit before, but during my first conversation with them, which was the, the importance of returning integrity, respect, and civility uh, to the White House. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just this week. <laughs> 
he was going off about the great MAGA king and saying that that conservatives were working overtime to try to forget food lines in 2020 or lines at food banks in 2020 while we have a baby formula shortage right now under President Biden and still long and growing lines at food banks in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that MAGA crowd, most extreme we've ever seen. Yeah. So if you voted for Trump, you're one of the 70-whatever million people. Yeah, you're extreme. Yep. Restoring mm-hmm. dignity. That's is right. there more? Is that pretty much it? Uh, there's a little bit more weeping. Ooh, I promised myself I was going to keep it together. I'm not. This is the last part of this. Um, I want to thank all of you in this room. Um, you have challenged me. You have pushed me. You have debated me. And at times we have disagreed. Um, that is democracy in action. That is it working. Um, without accountability, without debate, government is not as strong. And you all play an incredibly pivotal You all? Role. No, you people from Fox. Yeah. Basically, it's uh, Jackie Heinrich and Peter Ducey. That's yeah. about it. In fact, as she was wrapping up that part, a uh, one of the journalists, I don't know who it was, I'm sorry, so-called journalist, actually said, thank you for your service, Jen. Oh, gosh. Oh, by the way, the headline on Twitchy. Yeah. Jen Psaki bids herself the fondest farewell of all, but not without a parting tongue bath for the White House press corps. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody had enough weeping then for today? Thank you for your service, Jen. Or is there anything oh, else, that's David? It. That's it. Well, she's sure she doesn't want to go to CNN? They love weepers. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. They do. Well, they do. Weeping about things that don't exist. Yes, and dreamers back for no reason. This is vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered things are fantastic now no one's suffering van jones talking about biden beating trump a terrible moment that how many dreamers did trump send packing i can't remember it was what was it zero how many dreamers were sent packing i feel that worry (laughs) <laughs> it's one thing you lose somebody you're crying about something that's tragic that dude was crying about things that never happened right all right you ready for your big three stories yeah, of the day mr robbins all right let's do this are you ready it's the three most important news stories of the day i hit the trifecta well at least according to scott robbins it's the trifecta on the markley van camp and robbins show scott robbins top three stories of the day might be different from other people maybe helped by his friend casey case i'm casey Kasem. i'm ready does the countdown three yes uh, starting num- number three, a Biden advisor says, hey, we've been working on the baby formula problem since February. Yeah, a guy named uh, Brian Deese. Are you familiar? Oh, yeah. Director of National Economic Council for the United States of America. Yeah, th- this is the uh, same guy who who a few months ago said about rising food costs. Hey, if you take out uh, poultry, pork and beef, uh, food prices are pretty much right in line with historical right. trends. The you stuff people eat, in other words. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, this may top that. Uh, he tweeted this out. We were aware back in February of the baby formula shortage, and we have had a team from the DFDA and interagency process on point since then. 
Got it? Okay. Since February, they've been on this. Is that admitting failure? Good to know that despite being aware in February, they can't figure out how to freaking fix it. These guys make Trump's team look like geniuses, don't they? Well, listen, man, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly in that position how you would get things done, but I got to believe if you've been on it that long that right. the I mean, results should be better than what they are. Even if you think it, you don't say it out loud, you look like an idiot. <laughs> the Scott Robbins trifecta, he his looks top like three choice today. If he doesn't have some sort of issue with his heart before it ends. Ah, boy. Okay, I think we're ready for story number two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monmouth poll. A new Monmouth poll is out. There's a new one out. Yeah, and Joe Biden's approval is the lowest it's been. Yeah, um, it is, as a matter of fact. Uh, Joe Biden's approval rating, this is Monmouth, uh, 38% approve and 57% disapprove. It was 39.54 taken back in January and March of this year. Just 18% of Americans, by the way, right now, say the country is headed in the right direction. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. I'm just, <laughs> hey, man, I'm just telling you. I didn't make the poll. 24% from two months ago down to 18%. Job approval rating at 38%. Now, somebody suggested perhaps they put the decimal point in the wrong place. It's 3.8% that actually approve of it. <laughs> but and, this is the new up. low? Yeah. Oh my God. No I mean, one said that. Who said that? Right. Well, I think the people said that. Uh, yeah, they have. Um, and, and 38% is. Now, I, there's probably going to be at least, what, 30% if it was on fire, everything was on fire. That'll never, never deviate from the norm because they're so politically yeah. entrenched. So you got to figure, you're, you're at 38%, my God, man. And it, we're talking about it was lower than Trump any time in his presidency? Yeah. And you're getting, uh, you're getting in, yeah. Well, the the real clear politics average uh, has it lower than Trump at this point in his pre- uh, presidency. In his presidency. We're getting into Jimmy Carter territory here. Oh, you um, mean like historic? Yeah. Type stuff? No one, not to not, the history books will note it. <laughs> yeah, he said not to not. Yeah. Not to not means you're not right. I think that's the translation. Mm, I believe you're right. Not quite sure. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three stories of the day from Scott. And finally, yes, one. I just want to retrace real quick here. And One thing is, Jimmy Carter has lived long enough to die knowing he's not the worst president who ever existed. That's a good thing. <laughs> for Jimmy. It clears your head when, yeah. I'm happy for him. All right. <laughs> um, not and the rest of us. Number one, the CEO of PlayStation is in trouble for, well, giving out a non-statement about abortion. Yeah, uh, over uh, Jason Shire got a little update on this big issue on gaming companies being compelled to join the debate on abortion. Jeff Charles covered how the Washington Post was attempting to leverage this video game industry into taking up a fight to preserve Roe v. Wade. Who knew? Yeah, yeah, what they did at the Washington Post was they just started calling people in the video game industry to get them to ask if they had a corporate statement on it. Like, just that's cold right. calling people. Like, yes. that's, that's, that, that, that's not journalism. That's, that's mafia, isn't it? That's activism. Yeah. Pressuring people. So the PlayStation president, a guy named Jim Ryan, didn't take a stance. He took a pretty sober approach to the matter. He noted that there are differing opinions on this topic. And that it would be proper to understand that people have a right to an opinion. 
We owe it to each other and to PlayStation's millions of users to respect differences of opinion among everyone in our internal and external communities. Respect does not equal agreement, but is a fundamental to who we are as a company and our valued global brand. Okay, I'm pretty Chew good with the that. freak out. Why the freak out? That seems because reasonable, he, doesn't it? He it's didn't like we're taking the video proper games. stance. So now they're going after him. Who's oh. they? The shriekers, the yellers, the Let yelpers. Them go. What are they going to do? The the brats who were used to getting their way as of right. this, or until basically this year. Now you see, said so I've refused to put my company in the crosshairs of this debate. Not going to do it. Because he's seen what's happened to other companies who have decided to go ahead and take a stance on social issues. Yeah, it does seem the Disney thing has been huge. You know, when you bring that up. It scared the crap out of some companies. You bring that up, and I'm interested, because now I want to know, who has taken the far-left approach, progressive approach, and done better in their business? I mean, in a big scale. Who's, Who's done that? Disney's not doing better. Netflix sure as hell isn't doing better. Well, I think it's worked out for a lot of companies as far as just trying to follow the rules to not get in the crosshairs of people. I'm talking about but, taking a stand, though. Yes, as far as taking the stand. Well, you had a lot of people giving money to Black Lives Matter. Right. And, I mean, it was out there. didn't announce they were doing it. Uh, but they did it to supporting. Just I mean, there were commercials. Keep the people quiet that they had to deal with. Yeah. The biggest thing has been... The videos of Disney execs talking about how we're trying to influence children. That, to me, was like the dividing line. Like, hold on a second. What's going on? And it was the backlash. But you got a lot of these companies now that are looking at it going, this is a lose-lose. I mean, there was the golden rule that you just didn't take a political stance because you realized both parties bought your product. Yes. Before it became cool to be part of the woke crowd. And now you're sucking at it and blowing up businesses right and left. So... The thing well, is, we talked about earlier in the show, Netflix sending a memo to their staff saying, okay, if Chappelle and his commentary on the trans issue offends you, maybe this isn't the place for the, you. The, the thing, too, that to keep in mind is that it's not about what the customer wants. It's not about what the consumer uh-huh. wants. That up until now, it's been what are potential investors going to want. And if you're talking about groups, pseudo-activist groups like BlackRock, like Vanguard, who are judging you based on your social conscience and all of that, mm-hmm. and will, you know, if you match up to their ideals, they will infuse you with a whole lot of cash, right? Which is more important yes. and more valuable than the customer base, they thought. Uh, that's what's been influencing it. It's not whether or not you buy a certain brand of shoes or watch a certain company's movies or, or their streaming service or whatever. It's been about the people behind the scenes. But don't you think the people that have money in things, the board of directors gets together and goes, hey, we're losing market share here, or this is a bad situation for these people who have invested in our company, besides the Black Rocks of the world, but that maybe we're doing the wrong thing. But the, those people infuse way more money than the customer base does at this point. And as long as you're selling in China, as long as you're selling elsewhere in the world, it really doesn't matter. And But well, now BlackRock is backing up a little bit, saying, yeah, okay, maybe we got to back off a little bit with some of this woke yeah, stuff. because people are talking about it. There's yes. some competition coming in, yes. uh, flanking them. And the other thing is, is you've got a guy like Ron DeSantis who's going to be able to use or leverage his authority mm-hmm. to say, if you want to mix it up in politics, let's go. Finally, people are fighting back. Actually, That's pushing. what it takes. Yep. Yes. And there you have it. Well, thank, right. you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for the trifecta, Mr. Rob, as always. 
All right, Nimrod's of the news and another news update straight ahead right here. Thank you. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, apparently, we're at war with Russia. What? I, well, I didn't know that. That's according to the top Democrat, well, who's not Nancy Pelosi, but the uh, House Majority Leader, uh, Steny Hoyer. Old Steny. He's mad if people use this moment in time to criticize Joe Biden. You see, you should not be criticizing the president of our country. Here, I'll just let him explain this. It is unfortunate that a time of war that we spend all the time blaming our own president. I I wish we'd get off this and really focus on the the enemy. I know there's a lot of politics here, uh, but we're at war. Who are we at war with? I I don't know. Did something change, David? Well, we know the answer because, yeah, they're... We are, for all intents and purposes, with war or at war with Russia. We are. Whether they want to admit it or not, we're involved in this now. Well, it just so happens I was looking up the other night Lockheed Martin. Who are uh, the people they give the most money to? Mm -hmm. Right there tied at the top is Steny. Really? Are you serious? I am dead serious. Wow. Yes. Anybody shocked by that? Nope. No. Not in the least. I didn't think so. All right, we got to get to Nimrod. We already did. When really. the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. You know, sometimes Nimrod just makes you laugh. Sometimes you're like, man, there are some really wicked people. This is one of those. 33-year-old woman in Oklahoma, Lacey Hux. Um, She was gearing up for a big custody battle with her husband. Um, They're living separately but not divorced yet. So to cut him down ahead of that, she and a friend cooked up a little scheme. Oh, yeah? How about to place some child porn on his phone? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the friend is 44-year-old Angel Moore. Uh, dude get, did get arrested. And then they're like, wait a second, this isn't even his phone. And they figured out what was going on, and then they fessed up, and they are in a lot of trouble. Wow. And they should be. And that Nimrod's in the news. 